0: Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder if there are any, any gardeners here. Anybody here a gardener? Can I keep a gardener at your place? Maybe a, um, a vegetable garden? I ask because the, the Bible compares the Christian life to gardening, and it does this, makes this comparison again and again and again. In Galatians 6, verse Seven, there's a reading we had a moment ago. The Bible said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, you know, not like sowing with needle and thread, sowing, throwing seed, planting. Whatever one plants, that he will also reap. Now, it doesn't say that he, that, he will, that he might reap. If he sows this, he might reap something. It says what he plants, he will reap. You can count on it. We're in a sermon series here now on daring faith. And tonight, I want to teach on the laws of the harvest. God's laws of planting and of harvesting. In the old days, it was called the laws of sowing and reaping. It's pretty easy to understand the overall image, but it's just so important. And I pray to God we grasp it and apply it. If you ignore the laws of sowing and reaping in your life, it's going to hurt you. It will harm you. However, if you wisely use the laws of sowing and reaping in your life, you're going to be blessed by it. You can use the laws I'm about to go over with you literally in, in every single area of your life. So summon up your faith in God tonight and dare to plant. To plant. What does it apply to? What kind of things? It applies to relationships that we're talking about. You can also use the laws in your health. What you sow, you'll reap. You can use it in your finances. You can use it in your career. Learning how to plant wisely in your career. And then, how to harvest wisely. One follows the other. The point I want to make before I get into these laws is this. Whatever you need more of in your life, you need to first plant in faith. See, because everything starts as a seed. That's the first law of the harvest. Everything starts as a seed. Every idea started as a seed idea. Every dream started as a dream seed. Every achievement, every nation, America started as an idea, a seed idea of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. This congregation started as a seed. Your life started as a seed when your father's seed was connected with your mother's egg. Then your life began Literally everything that's living on planet Earth came from a seed. If it didn't come from a seed, it's not alive. So everything starts as a seed. What are we talking about when we talk about planting a seed? What do we mean a seed? A seed is anything valuable that I give. A seed is anything valuable I give away. When you give away praise, there's value to that. When you give away your experience to help other people, there's value to that. When you give away your time, there's value to that. When you give away your money, there's value to that. Anything you give, anything. When you give your love away, there's great value to that. A seed is anything I give away in order to help somebody else. It all starts as a seed. It could be time, money, appreciation, wisdom, energy, whatever. By the way, words can be seeds. Words can be seeds that you plant in people's minds. And they can grow. And they do grow. They bear fruit. So you need to choose your words wisely, especially when talking to people that you love, children, your husband, your wife, your friends. Talk to them. Your words are seeds. So let me just ask you, what kind of seeds are you planting in your relationships? Are you planting seeds of trust? Or are you planting seeds of distrust? Are you planting seeds of kindness? Or are you planting seeds of crankiness? And anger, bitterness, meanness. Are you planting seeds that build up? Or are you planting seeds that tear down? You will reap whatever you sow. So then, let's get on with the laws of planting and of harvest. Everything starts with a seed. And the second law is nothing happens until the seed's planted, right? It, it must be given away. Seed can't do any good in a bag. A year ago, uh, the preschool kids, we have a preschool here, kids here, gave me some pumpkin seeds. And they never sprouted. Because I forgot to plant them. forgot all about them, actually. They're still in the baggie, here they are, okay? I found them when I was cleaning up my office. Okay, I got a pile of papers. You, you don't wanna go to my office. Uh, but they didn't grow. No wonder. A seed is worthless in the bag. Nothing happens. Imagine a farmer. Imagine a farmer going to a feed store, buying a big sack of, see, 50 pound sack of seed or some crop that he wants to grow. And then he goes back and he puts it in his barn, thud. And then he's afraid to give it away, right? He's afraid to give all that seed into the soil. So he says, I'm going I'm I'm to hold on to it, he says. I might not have enough. I've got a family. We may have to eat this seed. We would say he was foolish, really foolish. Seeds are meant to be planted. Seeds are meant to be given away. That's how you plant them. What I'm teaching here is that planting, sowing is an act of faith. It's an act of faith because when I plant the seed, I believe in a future that I cannot yet see. I believe that something great is going to happen because I plant this seed. Something great will happen because I'm going to give away what I've got. It's not going to stay in my little bag. It's going to produce some fruit. And that requires faith. When you plant a seed, it's, it's covered up. It's, it's buried. And you don't know. Is that thing going to sprout or not? You can't see it. What if it doesn't sprout? You're tempted to dig it up. What if I I give my seed away and nothing comes of it? It feels risky. That's where faith comes in. Believing in a future you can't see. Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 4, words we had tonight. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. In other words, the man doesn't really know how seed germination happens. My, my oldest daughter just announced that, uh, told us she's pregnant. We saw a, um, what's the thing called? Sonogram. And it just hits me all over again with your own family. How does this, I mean, we all know how sex happens. But honestly, how does this, how does this, how is this growing? How is this happening? How is this germ- germinating? It's just mind-blowing. And not just babies, everything. Se- plants from seeds. It's, wow okay? He knows not how. So so this man doesn't really know how the seed germination happens, but in fact, he doesn't even actually know that it's happening at all. He doesn't know till it sprouts weeks later. And yet he plants. He plants. That's the part played by faith. Here's the question tonight. Is your faith daring enough to plant? Another lesson taught in these scriptures when I have a need, I should plant a seed. When a farmer looks out on his barren field, sees no crop in it, he doesn't gripe, he doesn't complain. Ah. You know, he doesn't even pray, he just starts planting. Frankly, there are some times you should not pray, there are some times you should plant instead of pray. You know, the farmer could look at a bare field and go, oh God, please make a giant crop grow here. And God would say, did you plant any seed? No, Lord, but just make it all grow. Not gonna happen. Sometimes you don't pray, you plant. This is the law of planting and harvesting. Let me be a bit blunt. Some of you imagine that you're waiting on God. And you're not. He's waiting on you. Some of you think you're waiting on God for a job or for a miracle or a social life or something you want. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to start planting seeds. When I have a need, I plant a seed. If you don't make a deposit, there's no return. So whatever I need more of, I need to give away. If I need more energy, I use the little bit of energy I do have to go to the gym and get more energy. If I need more friends, I give away attention, care, invitations to lunch. That's called giving friendliness. And I get more friends. Time, money, anything. Whatever I need more of, I give it away. When I have a need, I plant a seed. A fourth law. Whatever I plant is what I'll reap. This is known as the law of reproduction. Whatever I plant is what I'll reap. If a farmer plants a field of beans, what crop should he, crop should he expect? Watermelons? If I plant corn seed, do you think I'm going to expect zucchini to come popping pop it out of the ground? No. You're going to get in life whatever you plant. This is an inviolable rule of the universe. And by the way, it'll work either for you or against you. The farmer has no doubt what's going to grow. If I plant corn, I'm going to get corn because whatever I plant is what I'm going to reap. Galatians 6 verse 7 said it for us. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And it does work both ways. It can either work for you or it can work against you. But it's up to you. What are you going to plant? Whatever I dish out is what I'm going to get back in life. And the Bible talks about this a lot. Let me just show you. I'll start with some negative examples from the Bible. Job four verse eight. People who plant trouble, harvest it. Proverbs twenty two, eight, whatever whoever sows sin reaps weeds. Hosea ten, verse thirteen, you planted wickedness and now you reap evil. Matthew seven, verse two, whatever measure you use to judge others will be used to measure how you are judged. Roll. What you sow is what you're going to reap. But now let me show you some pilot examples. Proverbs 11.18, the one who sows righteousness will reap a sure reward. Hosea 10.12, plant good seeds of righteousness and you'll harvest a crop of my love. James 3.18, peacemakers plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Are you getting the idea that this is not just some minor message of the Bible? The big theme, you will reap what you sow. Now, at this point, the alert and sensitive soul will immediately uh, realize, uh, be alarmed, when they think about how this applies, this sowing and reaping to God and to their own eternity. Why will they be alarmed? Because they've sinned. We've all sinned. You, me, we've all sinned. We've sown sin and plenty of it. It's seed in the ground, bad seed. And the Bible says the soul that sins shall die. Spiritual death, separation from God, hell. And so, in his love, to save us from what we've sown, God deals with us, not by the law, these laws I've been talking about, but for this, he deals with us by the gospel. The gospel. Another way of saying that is the good news of grace. That means gospel. Gospel. The gospel is that we sowed the sins, but Jesus has intervened for us, reaping the results. In our, we should reap our own results. Jesus said, you've sowed the sins, I'll reap the results for you in our place. We should have died, but he died for us. We should have been cast out from the presence of God, but Jesus, on the cross, he took that and was cast out instead of us. In crucifixion, He harvested the consequences of the sin we sowed. And he gave us in exchange the fruit of the good and holy life that he lived. What an exchange. He got death. We got life. We got love. We got forgiveness. Life with God, now and eternally. Wow. That's called the gospel of grace. And now that the faith in Christ, we've been redeemed, freed from condemnation that we deserve now that we've been given life with God, we've got a tremendous opportunity because we're still on this earth and we're still able to plant good seed and to reap the excellent rewards of doing so. And the Holy Spirit will teach us and help us to stop sowing the old sinful seed, which grows into a poisonous little garden, and instead lead us to sow good seed along the lines that we've been talking about here and to reap a good harvest, reap it here and in heaven. It's a tremendous opportunity we have in Christ, and we dare not squander it, because you'll get exactly what you put out. I cannot sow irresponsibility and reap success. I cannot sow laziness and reap reward. I cannot sow stinginess and reap a blessing. The Bible's full of examples of this, both negative and positive. Take Jacob, book of Genesis, as an example. Jacob, now Jacob had faith in God. And by that faith, he is forgiven. He only went to heaven when he died. But I'll tell you what, his life here, it could have gone so much better. And obviously so when you read it in the pages of scripture. As the Bible records, this Jacob cheated his brother. And then he went on and cheated his dad. Do you know what happened? You can guess. He got cheated. His father-in-law cheated Jacob. I mean, big time. Jacob reaped what he sowed. A different sowing would have brought a very different reaping. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. The translation that we put into the bulletin this evening, that's taken from the, uh, from the, RS, from the ESV, but uh, there's other ways of putting things into English. Listen to how a different English translation put those verses. It says, The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, and ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. That's all he'll have to show for his life. But the one who plants in response to God letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. You're going to harvest whatever you plant. Everything starts with the seed. Nothing happens till the seed's planted. Whenever I have a need, I plant a seed, and whatever I plant is what I'm going to reap. Further important points. Number five, I always reap in a different season than the one I sow in. Why, because plants take time to grow. And not just plants, everything takes time. There's no instant maturity. So you don't plant this morning and and this afternoon get the fruit. There's always a delay, therefore I gotta be patient and not give up, because the waiting is gonna be worth it. Number six, I increase my harvest by planting more seed. This is the law of proportion, that we always reap in proportion to what we sow. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7, it puts it very clearly. It says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each one should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In short, you get to choose how big the harvest will be in your life. You get to choose. Don't blame anybody else. You sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You sow generously, you will reap generously. This is the word of God. That is the law of the universe. And by the way, it applies to every single area of your life. And it applies to every single person, whether they believe in God or not. This law It's like gravity. The law just applies. Proverbs 11.24 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Number seven. The more seed I plant, the more seed God will give me. Oh, yeah. God, you know what he's doing? <laughs> he's looking. He's looking around for givers to bless them. As he looks down, he doesn't look for stingy people holding it on to it all. He, why bless them? <laughs> he, what are they, they going to do? They're going to keep it for themselves. He looks for givers to bless. He says, is anybody there on earth like me? who wants to be generous, who wants to think of other people. Is there anybody ready to break out of selfishness and fear by trusting in me? He's always looking for people and churches to work through, and he blesses people and churches who are generous. It's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. For God, who supplies seed to the farmer and bread to eat, will give you more and more seed to plant and will make it grow so that you can give away more and more fruit from your harvest. That verse specifically a promise about being generous with money. It's what God says. And now this here will be the eighth final but very important point, which is I plant by faith and not by my feelings. You know know why people aren't generous? I mean, everybody kind of thinks they are generous, but come on. (laughs) They tend not to be. You know why they aren't? Because they don't feel like being generous. They're kind of fearful. And so they cling to whatever they got. You got to pry their fingers off their money. They keep that bag of seed in the barn where they can see it, because it feels risky to plant it out there where they can't see it. Their, Their feelings are calling the shots. Especially fear. The only way to overcome that is to plant by faith and not by feelings. So let me make a little confession. I don't always feel like being nice to people. I hate to admit that. Don't think less of me. But I don't always feel like being nice to people. Sometimes I want to be cranky, sometimes I want to bark. I don't always feel like being kind. I don't always feel like being generous. I don't always feel like giving people hope. There are weeks I don't feel like preaching. But I try not to live by those feelings. How come? Because if I live by feelings, especially those ones, I'm either going to plant a lot of weeds and bad things, or I'm just not going to plant at all. I'll have a bare field. But you know what? God has forgiven me, totally forgiven me in Jesus. And God has worked faith, a daring faith in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And now by that faith, I want to go on daring. I want to dare. I want to grab the opportunity to plant good things on the earth and see a harvest of great stuff. By faith, I'm ready to sacrifice. Now, whoever feels like doing that, But by faith in Christ, I can sacrifice money, talent, time, with the expectation of one day seeing terrific results. By faith, not by my feelings, by faith I'm looking to the harvest. And sometimes God is going to call you to make a sacrifice. And when he does, you're going to think, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like it. But go by faith and not by your feelings, so that you will not miss the blessing that God wants to do using you. Today, we celebrate all saints. Today, we remember those that God used to bring his good blessings to us. And we're called not just to remember them, but to march in their ranks by faith, daring faith. You and I are saints. In two weeks time, we have the daring faith offering and commitment day here at St. James Lutheran. You don't want to miss that. You don't. God did not bring you here to watch history happen. He brought you here to make history happen. Carol and I have been praying about how much seed we're going to plant financially at St. James Lutheran Church. We're close to making our decision. We know it's going to be more. As we fill out our commitment card, it looks like this. If you haven't got one, get one after the service. As we fill out our commitment card, we do it in faith that God will always honor his laws of planting and harvesting that he's laid out in his own word. We have faith in a faithful God. Let's all encourage each other in that faith. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus for life everlasting. Amen.